drink my thing be a little less after this. Uh, I want you to picture something. I want you to picture uh, this stage plus an adoption fundraiser plus Little Mermaid plus Britain. You ready? Have a picture in your head. Like merge those together and then you can go ahead and look at this. Uh, so I told her. 
But the rest of you all, you have to hang on to that. Because the decision he made, I think, fits into what we're going to talk about today, which is being devoted. And what does that look like? And specifically, we're turning our attention to being devoted to fellowship. And yeah, Britt said, you know, we've been talking about that. So if you've been with us, what does it mean to be devoted to the Word? Or just devoted to playing, to build a foundation on devotion to God. Devotion to one another will be a little more focused today. And then there's been cracks in our foundation. And Britt drew this picture at some point uh, that showed kind of pushing the left those cracks. And saying, hey, we yearn for, no matter what church looks like, whether it's house churches or... Uh, or the greater church uh, at, at the building, or the, the greater, greater church. Um, what does it look like for us as Christ followers, as individuals, but also us as a body to have a foundation that is built, that is not full of those friends? And so that's what we're going to dive in today and turn our attention that way. We're going to look at Acts first. And uh, and I think before uh, before we do, um, I'm going I'm to pray. I'm ready to I'm just going to pray means myself and this can ask ask us as we dive into the word to uh to seek God's grace here. Lord God, you are good. And we give you thanks because you are holy, because you are steadfast, because you are always the same, and because you pursue us. I pray that we may have ears that are open, eyes that are open, hearts that are open, that we may see and hear and know you more, you more deeply today. That you may be the foundation that we we build our house on, the foundation that we trust in, that we lean on, that we stand on. But thank you for being true. Thank you for being our rock. Thank you for being our foundation. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Acts 2, the early church. You can open there if you want to, those will be on the screen. Um, and, uh, and you'll hear kind of the past four weeks on here, and you'll hear what we're diving into as well. So Pretty quick, just one verse, Acts 2, verse 42. Starts with they. They is the, the early church. So kind of the church existing beyond uh, Jesus being here on earth. They're, they're existing together. They are, are doing life together. So what does that look like? They devoted, there's the word devotion, right? Devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, a.k.a. the word, right? We've been together. They devote themselves to the word and to the, what's that word? Fellowship, right? There you go. Fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And so that's what we're going together, to be devoted to fellowship. And what does fellowship look like? Right? If, if you go down further, if you keep reading down that section, it says for them, it says that they had everything in common, that they shared with anybody who had need, that they broke bread together daily, that they met, they prayed. They, do, they did those things in fellowship, being together. That's what their devotion to fellowship looked like. And there were many benefits to that, right, early on. If you picture yourself being there, you kind of like transplant yourself, like, if I was there, doing that chair, doing that breaking of bread, what, what would be my reality? And one is, my needs would be met, maybe my physical needs in some way. I mean, it says right there, nobody had needs, uh, or anybody who had needs, because there were needs, Others would give to those in need. They ate together, my physical needs of nourishment, right? They're like, okay, cool. Also, my emotional or spiritual needs. You could argue with me in that. People were praying with one another. We, we went through a whole series uh, in the winter time, I think it was, like the one another's, right? To spur one another on, um, to forgive one another, to love one another. All, all those spots in the Bible where it talks about the one another. And you could picture them doing those things. 
And man, that, I, I bet you can all name a, a spot where like, it was somebody else, it was the, somebody else who did that with one another to me and spurred me on, encouraged me, lifted me up in that time. So fellowship does that too, right? And so they were experiencing that. And yet that picture that we had on the screen that, that has the, the cracks suggests that we don't always get this right. There's something, there's something that we're, we're struggling with. And so I want, you to, I want you to flip to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, verse 24. You'll hear one of these one another's in here, and I want you to really pay attention to verse 25. Hebrews 10, 24 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Some are in the habit of doing what? Give it up. Give it up doing what? Meeting together, right? Giving up on, you could argue, fellowship. There's this devotion to fellowship that we're called to, that we see in the early church, and yet, like, you fast forward and you also see a bunch of struggle. It's not just that verse, but you see this in a lot of Paul's letters to the early churches, to the different cities, right? Saying like, hey, I know you're struggling with this. And it seems like some people are quitting or splitting or not fellowshipping, not coming together anymore. Uh, they're, they're not in the habit of meeting together anymore. And, and he's almost like urging them and yearning for them to not give up on that. Don't do that. That's the habit. That's, a, that's maybe our nature is to, to not meet together, to not have this picture of devotion to fellowship. Because, and, and he saw this, a different result happening. And my answer is why, right? Why does that happen? And it's pretty simple. Because people can sometimes suck. <laughs> I mean, people, people are challenging. If you are all of a sudden in your brain thinking about other people, you're, you missed something first, okay? Uh, I sometimes suck, right? And, and you do too. Uh, <laughs> it's good. We're all from the same playing field now. Like we, this is this is hard. It's hard to do life together. It really is. Let's go back to that picture of that early church sharing to anybody in, who's in need. Like, what if that person's like, like taking advantage? Right, breaking bread together. What if that person votes differently? I don't know. Uh, uh, how about um, you know praying together? What kind of grudge against that person because they slighted me in some way? I mean, those are the realities that we live with, and so often our our, our kind of psychological response to, to conflict, to differences, to to challenges in that way is, and you've probably heard at least two words said together before, but it's fight or flight. Right? I, I'm, I'm going to fight this other person. I'm going to build up walls. I'm going to say no to that, that other person who, who's challenging to me for some reason, who's annoying to me. Or I'm, I'm just going to avoid them. I'm not going to meet with them because that's easy. Right? If they have a different opinion on how to do 
Baptism. Maybe I should just do something else. Maybe I should just go somewhere else. And that's the reality of the early church. They're struggling with these very real things. I mean, I don't want to downplay those things. There's some things that people can do to you or I've done to people that are incredibly hurtful or harmful. There are misinterpretations of Scripture throughout history that you can point at that were harmful to the church body and to individuals. So not downplaying that those things can exist. What I'm saying is that in the midst of those challenges, where's our devotion? Do we fight or flee, right? Or do we press in? I'm telling you, pressing in is hard. I have multiple times at school where I have uh, students come to me or parents come to me and say, hey, I want out of that class. That teacher did this. And I feel slighted. Or something, right? Like, it's kind of a generic example, but like, I got a whole post of them running through my head. And uh, because that, that's the reality. It's easier to not re-engage in that classroom than it is to go through the hard work of being devoted to, that's kind of a forced fellowship, right? But, but that, that kind of togetherness, because that is tricky. <laughs> the message going on. It's good. I mean, in, in anything, maybe not the workplace, because maybe your workplace has no conflict. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, but maybe think of family, maybe even the closest relationship, like a devotion to marriage. Like, that can be difficult. Uh, there's, there's struggles and strains with, like, how, how do we parent? How do we handle this? And we're different people with different understandings, different backgrounds, different, just differences. And how do you do that? And is it a, a fight or a flight? And, and back to my recognition, I sometimes suck. And so it can be hard. It can be absolutely hard. I know I briefly mentioned that politics example. One of my favorite writers is Parker J. Palmer. He also wrote The Courage of Teeth, which is a great book. He wrote a book about healing the heart of democracy. And so this is kind of a political spin on it, a quote that I'm going to read. But then I, I want to bring it back to what broader campus. He wrote, when we choose to engage, not invade the tension of our differences, we will become better equipped to participate in a government of, by, and for the people. It would be great if you wrote that and then everybody just agreed to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's not that easy. But that, like, there's, there's a truth to that. How about, think about the church. Think about Think about that classroom example. Think about some example in your work or your idea, whatever's in your head here. When we choose to engage, not evade the tension of our differences, we will become better equipped to participate in family, at work, in the church. That's all by and for all. Let's engage. I'm not saying it's easy, right? I'm not saying it's easy, but I think we have some pretty cool pictures of how to fill those cracks. And that's where I want to take this, because that's where God took me. It's easy to say it. Let's see how it's done a little bit. I 
want to take you back to that Memorial Day story with, uh, with Thomas Hudner and, uh, and Jesse Brown. Show that picture, that last picture. Did anybody notice something when that picture came up before? Nice. See, there's a little clue there. See, for seven people, look out. Thomas Hudner's flying up above where Jesse Brown had uh, crash landed. And Thomas wanted to sit in right then. These are the people who learned by the Memorial Day. Pretty cool. He made a decision to intentionally crash land his plane 100 feet away from his plane. He could have or should have been court martialed for it, but he just crash landed a million dollar piece of equipment that belongs to us, the taxpayers and the military. He was later awarded a medal of honor for it, but delivered to him by Jesse's wife, then widow. Because he ran into the cockpit, and for an hour he tried to get him out. Eventually, an evac helicopter landed. He had an axe, they still couldn't get him out. Jesse eventually uh, <coughs> went unconscious. Thomas had to make the decision to be evacuated. Sad in But he crash landed with him because he was devoted. That story, every time I read it, makes me think not necessarily the uh, them as individuals. It makes me think of a bigger story. Turn to Philippians 2. Okay. Philippians 2, verse 6. This is Paul from the church in Philippi, and again, probably isn't getting stuff right because they're probably struggling living with each other. Says this to them, talking about Jesus, who, Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Did you hear it? Not bad. <laughs> Jesus crash landed right next to us to be with us, all the way down to our death, but to his death. That kind of devotion is, is the pursuing devotion, love to fellowship, because Jesus was saying, I don't want to be without you, you who suck sometimes, right? I don't want to be without you, because you matter to me enough to crash land my plane to say, I'm devoted to you. That's the context that we have for our life, because there is a Lord and a Savior who said, you are worth it. Fellowship with you is worth it to me. Then I'm going to do that. You go up in verse 5 or before that, I don't know on the screen, but it says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. We should be crash landing our planes next to each other. That's the picture that we're supposed to live. We should have that same attitude with Christ Jesus. So when 
Jacob's family and friends that hurt him on Friday, and Jacob's family and friends are continuing to hurt, right? there are people that crash land their planes to be with, to walk alongside, to share not just bread, but to share tears, right? To pray with each other, to spur one another on, to do those things that the early church was doing, and that so often we falter or fall away from, because it's like, man, I got this grudge, or I have a different opinion, or that person's difficult. I think God's calling us back to saying, like, yeah, that might be true. That might be difficult, but you're difficult too. And you're supposed to have that attitude of Christ Jesus for one another. We talk about the foundation of fellowship. That's the foundation that I think we must start with. It's how is Jesus toward us? And that's the reality there. How do I need to be towards somebody else, especially my brothers and sisters in faith? As an early church, how do I need to interact with them? When I think of devotion, right? Utmost devotion, often I do think the military. They show that devotion for one another. Like as a church, we don't necessarily always have that label. Like, man, they're so devoted to each other. And shouldn't we? Right? Shouldn't we? Shouldn't we have that label that we are, they're, wow, they're so devoted to one another. That's incredible. They crash land next to each other for one another. That's a body that I want to be a part of. Um, so what might that look like? Might look like a fundraiser. Brittany hops on the stage in a goofy outfit and says, "He was one of like nine singers, but it was, it was goofy." Crash landing our planes next to a couple, the new houses, who are going through an adoption journey for a future son or daughter or two that they don't even know yet, and the church body. Is walking alongside of them, crash landing, saying, Hey, I'm, here we are. Here we are. I don't know what we have. We don't have too much talent. Maybe a little bit. But at least we have goofiness. And we have some, 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 some money. We can be present. We can set up. We can tear down if we want money. We can have these things. And we can say that we're with you. We're devoted to you. And even cooler, we're devoted to two, one or two kids that we have not even met. Because that's what we do. At work, I got to sit with uh, I got to sit with the teacher of, the, of one room I'm thinking of for the past week, um, and then some students. And man, some of these students will just blow your mind. They are awesome. There was one that, uh, that sat in a room with another student. They hadn't talked for two years. They were actually cousins. There was a falling out. There was a lot of grudge holding. And one of them started. It was just incredibly, incredibly vulnerable. Apologized. Confessed to one another. Built the other one up. And talked. Probably. Minutes. 
and open the door because of their devotion for the other one to then respond. And it was beautiful because in that time, they did not want anything to do with each other. They did not want to sit in the same classroom together. And two hours later, they were eating lunch together at the same table after not having talked for two years. Pretty cool. <laughs> Fellowship, when we hear that word, right? I, often we just think it's, I don't know, misconception number one, that's just showing up. Like we're having fellowship right now. Like we are here fellowshipping. But the truth is it takes some sort of sacrifice. <coughs> All those stories take sacrifice. Jesus' fellowship with us, the fact that the Spirit is in us, came through sacrifice. Thomas Hudner had to sacrifice his own plan and his safety for somebody else. That student had to start there. It, it takes the sacrifice to do it. Another misconception is that for true fellowship, it takes two. Maybe halfway, it takes two to tango. We've got to kind of both agree, like, let's fellowship. No. Fellowship starts with somebody. It can start with you individually, one person committing and saying, I'm going to sacrifice to pursue you. You always get a reciprocated response, right? Some of these stories I'm telling are like, pause and some, some didn't end great. But it's your devotion to fellowship. It's your devotion to fellowship. It's not like, well, only if they do this will I be devoted. Don't do that. Try and shed that. I know we might be carrying around stuff that's hard to carry around you. But it takes, it, it, can, it can be your decision. As I was going through this, I had kind of three things that went through my mind that you might be carrying. And uh, somebody prayed about this this morning. I written, just prayed about it, like it was earlier this morning. Or you might be feeling some sense of, uh, some sense of shame with any of these topics. I want to remind you as I go through these that, that there is no shame in Christ Jesus our Lord. He has not got a shame. He removes that from you. So lean into this. Uh, with me. These last maybe three questions you might be having in your brain. One is, hey, Josh, this all sounds great, but I'm lacking fellowship. I feel alone. I feel defeated. Uh, anybody? One of my favorite quotes of all, all time is actually uh, a family friend of mine. Uh, they, uh, their, their grandpa used to say this all the time, that make your life about somebody other than yourself. If you don't have fellowship, I want to encourage you to try and step into a, a route that you can take where you're trying to meet somebody else's needs. Psychologists would agree that one of the top cures for, for kind of feeling loneliness, depression, thoughts, I don't have fellowship, is actually to volunteer through serving. You're stepping out and saying, I, I want to do something for somebody else. And I think in that you'll find some, some fellowship. There are opportunities here. If you don't have one of those, seek, seek a leader out and say, hey, how can I get plugged in? Because I want to serve in some way. Right now I'm not feeling fellowship. Time. You know time. That's true. You can't fellowship perfectly with every single 7 million people in this world, right? But sometime... Sometimes, is there is there an emergency? Somebody's plane went down, and, and do we do we navigate that in, in a sense and say like, hey, you know what, my time doesn't matter as much as that need right now. I'm going to crash on my plane next to that. 
It's not so much about every time, all the time, but time when it matters to say, hey, there, there's a need. Right from the early church, whenever there was a need, they gave to those. I heard this quote, everything is important, but not everything is of equal importance. Maybe you feel like you're failing at fellowship. It's okay. The early church failed all the time. We continue to fail all the time. Paul reminds us to bear with one another. There's a one-on-one fellowship that's straight. Maybe it's a group fellowship that you're struggling with. Bear with one another. Lean in. The early church didn't quit, and neither should we. Because the outcome of devotion is something even greater. And this is what it is. Jesus said, by this all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. If you bear with, if you fellowship with, if you have devotion to one another. When Paul's talking to the church in, uh, in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians, he says, So they, speaking of an unbeliever and inquirer, will fall down and worship God, explaining God is really among you as they view your, your devotion. Back to the church in Acts. God added to their number daily. Not necessarily because of the words they were using, because people saw their devotion to fellowship. May we be a people that are devoted to fellowship, that crash land our planes 100 feet from each other and come running. May we be a people that do that so stinking well that when people read the gospel that is the body of Christ, that they see a devotion that is so, so supernatural. They say, wow, I want in. I want that. Because we may be in the Bible some of the other reasons. Let's be devoted to fellowship as we move through uh, the rest of this devotion series we've been on. And uh, if you still struggle with it, let's start by praying the Spirit and start with this right now. Oh Lord, you, you crash landed to be with us. Lord, help us know deeper and truer and with absolute certainty what you say in your word, what you did with your life, that we are worth it to you. That you want a relationship with us so badly. That you came to us, that you pursued us, that you were devoted to us, that you never leave us, that your spirit is inside of us, and anytime we turn around, that you are there. The depths of the earth, you're there. Lord, there are situations, so many situations in this church body right now that we can't name them all, but you know them all, and you are there. Paul, we praise you because you are good. We pray that we can have the attitude of you. That we too can fellowship with one another. That we too can bear with one another. That we don't give up meeting as some are in the habit of doing, but that we are devoted to your word, that we are devoted to one another, to fellowship, that we are devoted to you. I pray that the Spirit would encourage us with 
can build us up and send us down that path of devotion. Thank you for the perfect picture. Thank you.